baseball money is fake on the sports gambling podcast network is brought to you by edge boost edge boost enables you to double your bet with no interest go to sports slash edge to get started today we're also brought to you by bird dog shorts the world's greatest shorts are hooking up hooking you up with a free yeti style tumbler when you order over at birddog.com slash pool that's B-I-R-D-D-O-G-S dot com slash P-O-O-L. Welcome to Baseball Money is Fake, Fantasy Baseball Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I am Blake Meyer. And it is Wednesday, and guess what, my dudes? We are the only relevant sport going now. Miss me with the soccer. Miss me with the women's basketball. No disrespect to them. It's baseball season. Hockey's over. Basketball's over. Who cares about football right now? It is baseball season. And as always, I'm here with my man, Ryan Gilbert. What up, Ryan? How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, you said it. It's just baseball now until, uh, I mean, we'll get some NFL training camp stuff going next month, but got some drafts coming up. But yeah, baseball is the only active sport to bet on, only active fantasy sport out there. So hopefully we'll try to do, we'll get some more of those, uh, not more, but we'll start doing some daily fantasy <laughs> shows, try to do stuff like that. But yeah, it's, it's all baseball all the time now, so I'm happy to be back and uh, talking about it. I got myself hyped up with my little... The opening show speech there you, you did but, you did I, just, I mean i'm I here for it. the people i'm here to get us hyped up ready to go um i'm i'm really thinking because you know we started that sub stack uh go check it out fakebaseball.substack.com go support me and ryan yeah it's, it's uh, free it, it i mean there's there's yeah. there a, there a paid option if you want to do sub- support us that way if you like the show and you like like the content but it, it's free it, the subscribers help to get everything out there so also make sure you follow us on twitter at fake baseball mm-hmm. uh, we've been doing a good job trying to tweet out some clips with some with some cool stats of you know when when the games are going on hot home runs and stuff so make sure you follow us on twitter as well but yeah getting that substack fake baseball dot substack.com yeah, and I will say, like like you said, you had, we had the free and the paid. The paid is five bucks a month. Um, we honestly tried to make it three bucks a month, but Substack doesn't let you go lower than five. So it's only a couple bucks. It costs like less than a coffee from Starbucks. Uh, but yeah, we are here back talking about some baseball. Uncle Ted made it to a live stream. Good to see you, buddy. Uh, but what I really wanted to talk today was... Uh, Hot and cold streaks. Uh, we talk a lot about waiver wire around here. We talk two start pitchers. We talk guys we like and don't like. We have yet to really like go and break down some hot and cold streaks. And there's some fairly relevant ones that are happening right now that I think they're worth mentioning and keeping an eye on, or at least having some sort of discussion about. But before we go into into it too deeply here, it's it's this is a blind item for me. Blake Blake said he has some players <laughs> hot and cold streaks. I'll be reacting to him. But um, what what do you look for in a hot or cold streak? Do you look like last seven days? I know Yahoo has that. It has the last fourteen days. Do you look for a player that's good both last fourteen days and last seven days? Or like what is your when you're looking for you know you have a roster spot, someone on the IL. What do you look at last seven days? Do you look at last fourteen days? What do you kind of look for when you're identifying those streaks? Uh, what I really look for in identifying streaks is 
Uh, so in hot streaks, it can be the last seven days if it or I look more at games than days. So like it can be like the last seven games if it's like a very good last seven games where the production is spread out across those seven games instead of like, oh, he had two really good games in his last seven and it makes his stats look good. Um, but outside of that, I am big on the 15, like 15 game or more sample size for hot and cold streaks. So I think that's more of a legitimate streak rather than just like, a uh, he, he took a few games off like Joey Weimer right now, second week in a row, I advise people to pick him up on the waiver wire. And I think he's like, Oh, for 20 in his last however many games he got the large okay. newcomer curse he does he does but for me like that's not a big enough sample size for me to consider that like anything scary it, it that hasn't changed my opinion on joey weimer at all i think that's he's, he's gone a week without a hit he doesn't play till till uh till friday now he has not got a hit since last thursday and you know what he's gonna get a hit on friday i can feel it oh <laughs> uh, yeah so I, I like like 15 game or bigger sample sizes but uh, like I talked about how a smaller sample size, if it's a hot streak, can be something that I keep an eye on. Uh, <laughs> Michael Harris, the second right now, is literally the embodiment of that statement. So his last seven games, if you count, uh, as we're recording this, I think they're playing the second game of the doubleheader on Wednesday right now. Uh, I haven't looked at those stats at all. Those aren't factored into my numbers. But the first game of today's doubleheader is Michael Harris's last seven games. He's hitting 518 with three doubles, three home runs, eight RBI, seven runs scored, and two stolen bases. So the counting stats are there. But if you take it a step for farther, if I can talk, uh, his stat cast numbers are wild. He has a 98.7% average exit velocity, 70% hard hit rate. Uh, he's still chasing a decent amount of pitches, but he has a 5.5% swinging strike rate in those seven games, which is super low, like very low. So he's chasing some pitches, but he's making contact outside the zone, which is weird. And all of his contact is really hard. Do you think Michael Harris is back or do you think this is a little flash in the pan? I, I I think both of us were kind of thought Michael Harris was a little bit overvalued, overhyped coming into the season. I know. And that proved to be the case, you know, through the first two months but yeah he has been hot i know it is against detroit but still hit, hitting well against detroit washington good series against the mets too so yeah i this might be the time right now if you're a believer in him to go out and, and try to trade for him because the, the the manager that has him might may be frustrated with him for the whole season and not realize how well he's hitting right now and he looks oh it's just two home runs against detroit no big deal, but you look deeper mm -hmm. at the numbers. Yeah, I think someone he's someone to target that if you need an outfielder, he was someone that people drafted early, third, fourth, fifth round, even possibly higher if it's a keeper or dynasty league. So, yeah, I think Harris is someone – he's not going to hit 205 all year long. And that's his average right now. Yeah. So he's going to have to uh, improve there, he's, and there's he's already doing it. So, yeah, I would go out and try to trade for him if I needed an outfield help. Uh, he actually got dropped in my home league like two and a half weeks ago and nobody picked him up. And so while I was setting up this like room for us to do our episode in, I picked him up while we were sitting here because I, I made a trade this morning that I didn't tweet you about or that I didn't text you about, not tweet. Uh, I traded for Julio in my home league. Ooh, I gave up, up a lot, but uh, so I'm the highest scoring team. I had the second best record. There's a guy that's like nine and oh, but he scored like the third most points okay. out of everybody. Like he, he he's had a lot of easy matchups. I have the best team. 
Uh, I gave up Adolis Garcia and Joe Musgrove, and I got Julio in return. It is a lot, but in a two-for-one, you kind of have to trade a little more to get the one player in return. I'm banking on a big second half for Julio. He's been on fire lately. So, so yeah, I, I had an extra roster spot, and I use it for Michael Harris. Yeah, I mean, if Harris was a free agent, so you picked him up, and that deal, that, that, that's a great deal. You got Julio and Michael Harris for for Adolis Garcia and Musgrove, pretty much. And Adolis Garcia is is a guy, you know, he started out the year great, but he, he's been cooling off. The, whole, the, the Rangers have been cooling off. They, they've lost three straight, but I think he'll get back there. Yeah, I think that's a – you may have given up a bit too much, but the fact that you were able to pick up Harris in that kind of as, as a piece definitely made it a good trade. And I think that that's kind of an under – Thinking about th- like thinking this through as we go, I think that might be an underrated uh, kind of oh god, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, an under uh, like an overlooked thing in a two for one trade. Mm-hmm. You obviously you have to pick somebody up because you're losing a roster spot. So a two for one trade might not look that great, but maybe you have like a loaded waiver wire and you just can't figure out who the hell you're going to pick up. Two for one trade, all of a sudden you're getting rid of an extra person. You're picking up one of those hot bats off the waiver wire. And the trade doesn't look that bad. I, I just thought that through as we sit here. Yeah. Right now. The, 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 given that, open up a roster spot is huge, especially if you're like, you don't have anyone you think you can drop or or, or is com- comfortable dropping there. But uh, yeah, getting that, get that extra roster spot. You always want a little bit extra something, something. And uh, Edge Boost, this Edge episode is supported by edge boost edge boost is the world's first bet now pay later visa card they offer up to twenty five hundred dollars in betting advances which obviously can be an extremely valuable tool for your bankroll you can get down on some of your favorite futures without having to tie up your current bankroll you can double down on a favorite bet or try to hedge out one of your opportunities there edge boost is not some sleazy loan shark they showed zero interest it can also be a part of a responsible gambling plan as you can set up daily weekly and monthly limits across all your betting accounts in one place so support baseball money is fake. Support SGPN and grow your bankroll by going to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to sign up. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge. Must be 21 years or older to use. Problem gambling? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And uh, yes, in the chat there, Uncle Ted talks, <laughs> says, must adolish over J-Rod all day. Mariners are loaded with rookie of the year busts. Must be a Mariners yuppie. And uh, what is your comment on that, Blake? I am the biggest fucking Mariner Jeffy you've ever met in your life. Rookie of the year bus. We got rid of Kyle Lewis, so we don't count him. He's Arizona's problem. He won now. rookie of the year. He did in 2020. He beat out uh Lou Bob. Uh, that, that, he shouldn't have, but he uh, did. That, that, that was that year doesn't count. It was a Jose Abreu MVP year too. That's, <laughs> that's clearly a, an aberration there. Yeah. Uh, and I would like to point out it is a points league. So Adolis does get dinged a slight amount in a points league because he does have the higher strikeout rate. So that makes a little bit of a difference in trading for J-Rod. Although J-Rod's strikeout rate isn't that crazy. Uh, and Uncle Ted also said, I'd rather have Brian De La Cruz over Michael Harris the second. That's, I don't that's, disagree that's, with that. I absolutely do. Brian De La you Cruz do? Is, is, oh. is, is very cold right now. I'm considering dropping him over eight. The oh, past two games. You're not, you, I got you. Uh, what? 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 <laughs> Brian De La Cruz yeah. is is one of these guys you pick up, you try to ride the hot streak a bit. And yeah, last year he had 13 home runs, 43 RBIs, hit 252 in 115 games. That's what he is. Maybe he'll hit 275 with 20 home runs and 50 RBIs, but he's not going to be... Michael Harris has much more upside given that lineup and the possibility of the um, 
of moving up that lineup if if, if he improves. So I, I I don't know. I'm just not buying the Marlins at all. That's true. I, I'm not really buying the Marlins all at all either. And the last thing I had to say about Michael Harris, I was thinking about it earlier today. Uh, when we did our bold predictions episode, my bold prediction was that Michael Harris was going to hit like yeah, 10 you, home runs you, max you, and not you be you very thought good. He'd, he'd be bad. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm happy I made that take, but I, it was a bold prediction. It wasn't something that was supposed to come true. Bold predictions are supposed to be things that are like outrageous, but have a chance at happening. Well, most so, of them uh, didn't come true, but yeah, that, that, that's true. Yeah. looking like, looking like it might. Okay. But right. I, 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 oh, I have another hot streak for you. Oh, I, I, I thought I was going to go from uh, for a cold streak now, but if you, if you want to talk oh, hot want... streak, we can go hot then go cold. That's fine. But, all right. I got one more hot streak and then we'll, then we'll hit up the cold streaks. All right. Okay, so Luke Rayleigh. Of Tampa Bay. Really? Yes. Over his last 15 games, he's hitting 311 with five doubles, two triples, three home runs, scored 16 runs, driven in nine, four stolen bases. I got a lot of stats because he's been fucking killing it. Uh, 22% K rate, which is awesome. I think anything under 25 is is what you look for. Anything under 20 is really, really good. Uh, and then 11% walk rate. So he's getting on base. Nine, just shy of a 94 mile per hour average exit velocity and an 18.2% barrel rate. That barrel rate is actually down from his season average, which is like 20%. Nuts. Uh, I He's one of those guys that kind of came out of nowhere, which a lot of Tampa Bay guys did this year. But his numbers are so over the top good that it's actually starting to feel sustainable. And he's played 55 games this year. He's not getting sat very often. He's not one of the guys that plays every fourth day. Like they have a few of those, like Harold Ramirez and all that. Uh, he, he's been sat recently a lot. He didn't play on Tuesday, didn't play on Sunday, didn't play on Friday. So I'm not sure if he's – he must be in a platoon with somebody because I know he's he's a lefty. I feel like everybody there is in a platoon at this point. <laughs> hey, it's so wor- it's working people. for him. It's yeah. working for Tampa Bay. You, can, you can't, 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 can't knock him there. And he's very fantasy relevant, which – it's crazy that they the race have so many players that are putting up fantasy relevant numbers because it's one thing we've talked about before it's one thing to be good at baseball and it's another thing to be good for fantasy baseball a lot of teams have a lot of good baseball players but they're not really relevant in the fantasy baseball world because they don't really put up that many sats like no offense to jp crawford he's just a pretty good baseball player he's not, he's not even a good baseball player he's just a baseball player I, I was trying to think of a good Mariners example. I fucking hate J.P. Crawford, and I wish he would leave. But like, there, there's a, like a large amount of players that are just like good. But a guy that's going to hit 11 home runs and score 50 runs and hit 245 is not relevant for fantasy. So the fact that the Rays have like 10 hitters that you could all roster in your fantasy league and like be happy with the production you're getting is absurd. They're stealing bases like crazy. Rayleigh kind of came out of nowhere. I know he was with the Dodgers before and didn't do a whole lot of a whole lot. And now he's tearing it up in Tampa Bay. So if he's still available in your league somehow, I don't have his roster percentage. I, handy, yeah, but he he's only rostered in one third, 34% of Yahoo leagues. Wow. If you look at his at his season average stats, I was talking about last show. It, it just mm-hmm. averages everyone's stats out. This is a six by six league, so it's regular five by five plus OPS. Ooh. His average rank is 64. His overall rank on the season is 86. So, yeah, he, he looks like he's getting platooned a little bit recently. Um, but, yeah, he's absolutely killing the ball. You look at his baseball swamp page, it's it's all bright red. He's had some some decent numbers in the minors as well. I think last year 
Um, I just had that up there. He, he hit pretty well last year in the minors. He had 14 home runs in 63 games, which is a home oh, run wow. every every what, four games there about. So hit 300, 929 OPS. So that's carrying over this year. So yeah, he's been one of these rays that's come out of nowhere. And if you're considering picking him up, I would say do it. Pull the trigger. Yeah, I think he was on my list of players I loved for this week, too, in my, my weekly planner for Fantasy Pros. Uh, he was one of the guys that I liked. Uh, Uncle Ted pointed out Ryan Noda and Emmanuel Rivera. We talked about them on the waiver wire show. They're still hot. Uh, great pickups in every league format. Both of them are even better in points league formats. So if you want to talk about some hot hitters. But speaking of speaking of that, I just want to touch on the the Oakland Athletics fans on on Tuesday night. Their their yes. boycott where they were silent during an at bat and just went outrageous chanting sell the team. That, that was fantastic. That shows that. It sucks that their ownership is like that and they're going to move them, but mm-hmm. they have a loyal fan base, which which sucks. Uh, I would like to say on that note as well, I I mean, I live in the Seattle area. I grew up the biggest Sonics fan in the entire world. Mm-hmm. I know firsthand what it is like to lose a franchise. I was, I think it was 17 when the Sonics left. Like I was, I was old enough to be like very invested in sports. When the Sonics left, it sucks when you're that fan, especially like when you know they're leaving. Like there's still a buildup until they leave. I feel really sorry for the Oakland A's fans. I love what they did yesterday. That was incredible. And I mean, it's fucked the Oakland Athletics, but I think I saw on Twitter today that what the management is donating all of the ticket sales money to the like community organizations or something oh, like that, that that's that's something what, that they, they can do to have, save some face after they're being completely shitting all over the, the city and whatnot <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah. It, it, that's something <laughs> oh but uh so cold streak now i gotta talk about my boy i was big on this one during the off season Kind of oh, bit me in the ass at the oh, very beginning of the year. I know year. where we're going here. Xander Bogart sucks at baseball, and I hate to talk highly of people struggling, but God damn it, I knew it. He started out the year good. I mean, better than good. I think he had like seven home he was runs great. or seven he was great six RB. Yeah. yeah, like he killed it to start out the year. But in his last 38 games since April 22nd, he is batting 207 with seven doubles, two home runs, 11 RBIs, and five stolen bases. I'll give him credit. He scored 21 runs. That's not that bad. But keep in mind, he has 11 RBIs in 38 games, and he bats cleanup for the San Diego Padres, the team that is supposed to have this monstrous lineup. It is exactly like I talked about all offseason. He was built to hit at Fenway Park. The Green Monster benefited him. He wasn't as good on the road. Like, flash forward till now, fast forward till now, he was in San Diego, which is one of the least hitter-friendly parks in baseball, and wouldn't you know it, the more he spent time there, the more he has just not been good this year. I, I did my, or I'm working on my shortstop rankings next for everything that I've been putting out. I don't even, I don't, if he makes my top 20, I'm going to be surprised. That's how low I am on Xander Bogart really? for the rest of the year. Yeah. Like, I, he, this is what been, I thought was going to happen, and it's happening. It, it's it, everything pointed to this. He's not that great. I, I get it. There's people out there that love them some Xander, 
I feel you. I I, I love some players that suck too. Daniel mm-hmm. Vogelbach is the man, even though he's trash, but I don't like him. I, I think the deal with Bogart is that he's one of those players we're talking about. He's a good baseball player, but not necessarily a great fantasy baseball player. Also, he's now hit in four straight. Three of them were in Colorado, but he's been dealing with, I'm, I'm seeing now on the Yahoo uh, Sports note here, with lingering left wrist soreness since being hit by a pitch back in mid-April. So I'm trying to look at his um, game log now. That was on, he got hit April 15th, also on April 18th. That's pretty much when his his cold streak started. So he missed four games in a row recently. He, he was stubbornly asserted he wouldn't go on the IL. He did not. He's come back, been better. So I don't know if that's something where he's just going to be dealing with it. I don't know if it's something where he's going to get healthy and, and bounce back. But that's something Nick Castellanos dealt with last year for the Phillies, and he's absolutely on fire this season for them. So if Bogarts can get healthier, maybe you know, maybe going on the IL would help taking 10 days off. But yeah, I think maybe it's I don't know if I would drop him at this point, but shortstop is is just so deep where mm-hmm. if there's a guy out there or if you can you can trade for one to, and, and give Bogart some time to maybe get healthy, I, I would do that. Yeah, if it is the wrist thing that would make some sense. I'll, I'll admit that, but also it does sound just like an excuse for like damn, I mean, playing really bad. Oh, I got hit. Oh, it's not no. an ex- he didn't. It's not an excuse. It's it's a fact of what happened. That's true. But uh, who was it that got hit on the hand in the World Baseball Classic? It wasn't Altuve. It was. Uh, it was Altuve. He broke his hand. Oh yeah, he did. He did. But somebody else got hit the next day. I think it was uh, Nolan Arenado. Mm. Or- and Nolan I mean, Arenado it's, it's, it's a matter. It's a matter of where it hits you too, and like pain tolerance and all, all, all that crap, and how much, how well your body recovers. But yeah, I mean, you called it. You said Bogarts is, is not going to be as good as he was in Fenway, and he's not. And, and we'll see which Bogart shows up the rest of the way. Yeah, and then after that, uh... after that, we got a uh, shout oh, out yeah. Bird Dog shorts. Bird dogs make you look good with their stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg giving you a truly sculpted look. They do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better due to... Uh, they fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. They fix this issue by inventing cloud-knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs uses an anti-stink sweat-wicking fabric that can keep you cool and dry all day long. Maybe Alexander Bargarts needs some of these uh, Bird Dog shorts for his anti-stink sweat stink sweat uh wrist injury there uh so yeah check out bird dog shorts you can uh, go to birddogs.com slash pool and enter promo code pool that's p-o-o-l for a free yeti style tumbler with your order that's birddogs.com slash pool for a free yeti tiles yeti style tumbler you won't want to take your bird dogs off we promise you uh let's see uh uncle ted is throwing us some <laughs> Some Uncle Uncle Ted too. is like breaking so many trades, blockbuster <laughs> trades right now. He says Tim Anderson, Eloy Jimenez, and Lucas Giolito going to the Mariners soon. Juan Soto going to the Rangers, and then we got Catfish here. Callback. He says Uncle Ted with the bold predictions, just like Israel to win the World Baseball Classic. <laughs> I didn't forget about that either. I did not either. <laughs> and he said Matt Mervis stinks, and I uh, I think Matt Mervis needs more time in the minors. He he. Uh, was... I, I, I think Matt Mervis just stinks. Yeah, he might just stink too. Or he could be like a Jared Kalnick type. Who is Jared Kalnick on, on your, your your next cold streak guy? Because he has not been hitting well. Uh, he's not because he's picked it up the last couple of games. So okay. his cold streak ended somewhat. 
my next one is Matt Olson for mm. the Atlanta Braves. I have a couple like like much higher roster rate guys on my my list now. Uh, Matt Olson in his last twelve games, he's got one extra base hit, which is a home run, three RBIs, and he's batting two oh eight. And he's got a two ninety Babbitt, so he has like a sustainable Babbitt number. And he's still only batting two oh eight. His strikeout rate's getting up there to thirty percent. Still walking at a double digit rate, but I don't know if it's a ground ball rate that's risen or what is going on with him. But again, it's another guy that's batting in the middle of a very powerful lineup, and in twelve games he has three RBIs. That's not that great, especially for a guy that he has. I think he's got 20 home runs this year, 18, 19 home runs, something like that. Like he, 18, he, had, he had a good year to start the year and just this last 12 games. Do you think this is just kind of a, a aberration or is he somebody that you would target maybe as like a buy low guy going forward? I mean, if you can buy him low, I definitely would. I don't know if anyone would would sell him low, even with this, this cold streak recently, because he has been, he went, I mean, he's been, one for seven today in the doubleheader, two for four, one for four, over four, one for four, one for six, one for five. Not hitting for power, but yeah, he has 18 home runs. This is what he is. Last year, he hit um, 34 home runs, 44 doubles, 103 RBIs, but hit 240. OPS 802. This is what he is. This is what most power hitting first baseman, good power hitting first baseman are now. They, they hit for power. Don't get that average. His strikeouts are worrying at, at 88. Uh, already double last year's amount of um, 170 in 66 games compared to a full season. So that's not great to see. So maybe in, in those points leagues you talk about, maybe he does take a little bit of a hit. But I think this is just a blip on the radar. Right? We talk about in early April, you know, if this guy goes cold in, in June, you're not going to notice it as much. But, I mean, we are noticing it because we're doing a hot cold streak episode. But, mm-hmm. yeah, if, if you can buy him low, if you can talk to maybe throw it, throw it, or float out an offer to whoever uh, owns him and, and see if you can get him if you need first base health help. But if you have him, I would just, you know, ride at this wave, maybe pick up someone like, like Luke Rayleigh or a first baseman to mm-hmm. get you through this until he starts showing some power again. Yeah, and it looks like in those last 12 games, Matt Olson has one barrel. Uh, he's a 90.7 mile per hour average exit velocity. He still has a 53% hard hit rate but he's only barreled up the ball one time for 3.3%, which is not great. So he may just may just be a little a little bit of the yips last 12 games, and I think he'll be okay. So it's very likely, like you said, that nobody's going to sell him low, but if there was ever a time this year that you wanted to take a shot at trying to get Matt Olson low, like for a lower price, it would be now if you want to just I mean, float an yeah, offer. If someone has like two good first basemen and one of them's Matt Olson and you need a first baseman, try, try it out. See what you can see what you can do. All right. And then my last cold streak that I have, uh, it is one that I think I'm going to count him in the uh, buy low category right now. Uh, that would be Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Somehow, in his last 32 games, he's batting 246 with just nine extra base hits. Only two of them are home runs. So last 32 games, he's got two home runs. Uh, scored only eight runs, 21 RBI. But the crazy part is his average exit velocity in that time frame is just about 94 miles an hour. 
His barrel rate is 12%, and he has a 57% hard hit rate. The only issue for him is his ground ball rate has jumped considerably, up to 49% over that last 32 games. And for me, when I'm evaluating guys that are struggling, trying to see if they're like actually struggling or if it's something that can be fixable, while the two home runs that Vladdy has in those 32 games is obviously concerning, a higher ground ball rate is fixable. Like it, as crazy as it seems, it's not his typical swing. His launch angle is way down from where it was before. We we know Vladdy is a guy that has a lot of power. He's a very powerful swing. He does tend to get a lot of lift on the ball. Maybe he just needs a couple of days off. Maybe he needs something to get the mentals right. But he can get the air under the ball again, and that ground ball can go back up. If that ground ball rate just drops 10% and those become fly balls, all of a sudden Vladdy is hitting on a 35 home run pace again. So for me, I think it's more of a buy low. He's just in like a little rut right now. But how are you feeling about Vladdy? Yeah, I hadn't really thought about him recently, but that's because I hadn't heard about him because, like you said, he's hit two home runs in the past, what, month plus there? So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that is a good buy-low candidacy there. I mean, people expected him to build on his rookie year when he had, what, 40-some home runs there, 48 home runs. But last year, people said it was a down year. He had 32 home runs, 97 RBIs, hit 274 with an 818 OPS. Like, I would easily take that, and he's – not on pace for that yet due to that this recent cold streak with the power but um yeah vlad guerrero i think is probably a better by low candidate than matt olson because i feel like he was a first round pick for most people but people at this point aren't getting the production that they expected out of him so if you can give up a, a middle of the road first baseman plus like another another position that you have excess at uh, i would do that for vlad the one thing that does give me some pause, though, is in his in his short career, his OPS has gone down in the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, just looking at month by month, it's went from June is his best at 929 or April, April, March at 955. But then July 849, August 868 in September, October 763. I mean, small sample size, less than pretty much 100 games or less for each month. But. Yeah, I mean, based off what you said with the exit velo and stuff, and if he gets that ground ball right down, it starts from the ball in the air, he'll get some more extra base hits, and he'll be more worthy of a of a you know first round or second round talent. So I think he's probably the best buy low candidate of the three cold streaks. Shout out the the mute button for helping me with that. A little tickle in my throat it always seems to happen when we record these damn episodes. Shout out the mute button. Uh, one more guy that I want to throw <laughs> throw your way. It's a curveball. It's going to be a curveball to you because it was a curveball to me. It was somebody that I wanted to put on the list, but I, I hadn't gotten a chance to like flesh it out fully like with my research. Did it while I was uh, coughing my ass off. <laughs> Vladdy's teammate, Bo Bichette. Last I checked, he was leading baseball in hits this year. He is somebody that I know you, you like as a player and as a mm-hmm. fantasy asset. So in his last, I think it's 14 games. Excuse me if it's 15. I think it's 14. 14 games. He has a 217 batting average. Hasn't walked a single time. No doubles. No triples. Three home runs. Four runs scored. Six RBI. That is it in his last 14 games. I'll take the three home runs. Cool. 
six RBI, not bad, but no other extra base hits is a little alarming for a guy that tends to be a 30 double guy. And the 217 batting average is not my favorite. Uh, uh, do you have any concerns about about Bo right now? Or, again, do you think this is kind of like Vladdy and it's like a little, little bit of the yips? Yeah, I think it's just, just a, a, a cold a cold streak. I mean, it's a streak. I'll, I'll get back to it. The fact that he's what hitting, what'd you say? 215 or something in the past 14, 15 games. And he's still yeah. hitting 315, 316 on the season shows how well he hit the ball, you know, before this little cold streak. So if he can get out of this funk, I think he's a, not even a buy low candidate. He's ranked 19 on Yahoo. He's, he's a first round, second round talent. I mean, I've considered trading him in my uh, keeper league. I have him as a 15th round keeper. Cause I'm going for it all this year, but it's been tough. He was like an AL MVP candidate like last month, but he's he's cooled off a bit. I think that the Blue Jays they'll figure things out with both both Bo and uh, and Vlad finding finding their swing. Yeah, it it looks like what he's got going right now is so he's chasing a lot of pitches. He's got a forty eight point six percent chase rate in the the fourteen games, which is very high. Crazy enough, he has a 71% uh, outside the zone contact rate, which is pretty good. He has a 94% zone contact rate in those last 14 games. So he's still making contact, which is what you hope for with a guy like Bo. Uh, it's just he needs to cut that, that chase rate down, which is very unlike him. He's not a big chase guy. He doesn't chase a ton of pitches out of the zone normally. Decent about, but like not almost 50% of the pitches outside the zone. He's just got to focus a little more, uh, keep that eye on the ball, not chase everything. But I feel like it could just be him pressing because when you're at this point and you're Bo Bichette and you're leading baseball and hits, that's got to be pretty cool. And you, it's got to put a little bit of pressure on you. Like, oh, shit, I, I need to get a hit every time I get up to bat. So it makes you want to turn into me playing MLB The Show where any pitch you throw at me, I just swing. And I pray it's close to the zone so I can make contact. But if it's not, I look like Javi Baez. Uh, and that's why I don't play many ranked seasons games anymore. I'm almost always an, an offline player. Shout out Conquest and mini seasons. Yes. Uh, but outside of that, I, I don't have any other hot and cold streaks. Those are the ones that stood out to me the most that I think needed the most attention right now. Yeah, uh, definitely. Let's get into that uh, Christian Encarnacion Strand, the uh, the latest, I mean, the only real top prospect remaining for the Reds that hasn't been <laughs> caught up yet. You, you had... Uh, Obviously, Ellie Dale Cruz, Matt McLean come up. Encarnacion Strand was challenged, much like Ellie Dale Cruz was. I'm reading this article from LB.com. Mark Sheldon said he was challenged. And, you know, um, in his first 18 games, 84 plate appearances, he had one walk with 23 strikeouts and nine home runs. In his last 25 games and 120 plate appearances, he has 20 walks, so 19 more walks, 22 strikeouts, cut down on the strikeouts, while still slugging eight homers. So I think Encarnacio Strand, I picked him up to put on my uh, NA spot because I, I had a free spot there. But is he someone you would pick up right now and keep on an active roster spot if that's the only option you have? Because he seems like he's hitting the ball well. It's just a matter of time before he, he gets called up, and the Reds have shown that they will call up these guys. Uh, yeah, I think at this point he has become worth uh, even a, a regular roster spot, not an NA spot. I know I did that with Ellie uh, two weeks ago. Uh, it, the week before he got called up, whatever, two weeks ago, uh, I picked him up in my 12-team home league. There's no NA spots, no none of that. I just picked him up to take up a spot because eventually you play so well in the minor leagues that they do not have a choice to call you up. 
Christian Encarnacion Strand has played that well. The Reds just have not called him up yet. But there were some interesting things that I saw after they called Elliot that made me think they are they have a game plan for Encarnacion Strand to be in their lineup every day. It's just a matter of getting to that point whenever that could be. Shit, it could be by the end of this week. Who knows? Uh, but I know uh, Ellie came up in his first game uh, and he played third base. And a lot of the talk was Spencer Steer had been playing third base. And so Spencer Steer would have to go to like first base and him and Encarnacion Strand would have to swap back and forth between first base and DH. But when they called Ellie up and they put Ellie at third, they put Spencer Steer in left field, which means that Encarnacion Strand can play first base. Mm-hmm. And Steer can play in the outfield. I know Steer's injured right now, I believe, but like he, when he comes back, he can play in the outfield. And Encarnacion Strand can play first base or DH. Uh, he has too much power. Like he has video game level power. Uh, our our boy Eric Cross, uh, previous guest of the show, uh, said in the last thirty days, Christian Encarnacion Strand and one hundred twenty one plate appearances, like you said, in three seventy three, eleven doubles, nine home runs, fifteen percent walk rate. Under 20% strikeout rate. There's there's nothing left for him to do. He's putting up video game level numbers. Well, the, the, the one thing for him to do is, in this article, Reg GM Nick Crawl said, is that defense matters. He's learning to play mm-hmm. first base. So Steer going to left field and him playing first base in the minors is, is a good sign because right now, I mean, I don't know who the first baseman is. I think Joey Votto is, is out for a bit. But even their DH mm-hmm. is Tyler Stevenson. Their catchers, Luke Miley, like they could, they could work him in somehow. So I think if, if his defense gets up to par and he keeps swinging a good bat, he'll be up before long. And I would recommend picking him up in all formats. Uh, I would as well. He, he's worth it. Even like at this point, even 10 teamers, you could probably put him in there. Uh, I put Encarnacion Strand on my first base rankings. That are up on our Substack, fakebaseball.substack.com. I have him as my thirtieth first baseman right now. Uh, but when I write those, my when I put my rankings up there, my fantasy pros rankings, uh, and if you subscribe, I do have notes that break down majority of my rankings. And in my notes, I did say that once Christian Encarnacion Strand gets called up, he is going to jump fairly considerably up my first base rankings from that number thirty spot. But just playing in the minor leagues right now, I've got him. Mm-hmm. at number 30 worth the spot. Cause it's likely the production when he comes up is going to be too good to overlook. Yeah. What, one more prospect there before we close it out, just got caught up today. Uh, Luis, Luis Matos Matos for the outfitter for the giants. Uh, went one for three with a run in the game today against the Cardinals. I'm trying to see right now where he hit in the lineup. Um, he hit second. He was a subbed out for Michael Conforto as a pinch hitter, I guess probably later in the game against the righty. But I think I think he's someone where looking at his minor league numbers, he's one that maybe you might be okay kind of not picking up immediately. He doesn't have too much power. He had 15 home runs, was a high in 2021 in A ball in 109 games. Has some speed, 15 uh, stolen bases this year in 55 games. Hit 350, 976 OPS, but I think he's one more of those players that's a, a great baseball player. Great for the Giants to have another guy making their debut, but not someone I'm going out to to rush to pick up. Yeah, I think for me, his hitting profile screams points league player at best. Uh, striking at under 10% of the time this year. 
with the walk rate over 10%, like, and that matters in a points league. Uh, guys that don't offer a whole lot else, uh, but a low strikeout rate tend to play very well in a points league. So maybe if you're there, he could be worth a, a fifth outfielder spot. But if you're in a 10 or 12 team league, a three outfielder league, I'm not sure that he is fantasy relevant yet. We'll have to see if any of that little little bit of power or speed translates over. And if the hit tool translates over, he hits very well. Like he gets on base quite a bit, which is good. So got to see if that translates over as well. Yeah. So yeah, keep an eye on him if you need outfield help, and especially in a points league, maybe go out and pick him up. But because he should should get a chance now. Uh, Mitch Haniger, I think, broke his arm, so now he's up mm-hmm. hitting second in that lineup. Should be getting plenty of uh, counting stat opportunities. All right, but make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at Fake Baseball. Coolest at on Twitter. We're also on YouTube and Twitch at Fake Baseball Money. Every single one of these episodes is recorded live. You can chat with us, talk to us, hang out, watch our beautiful faces as we speak instead of just hearing our sweet voices in your ear. Uh, make sure you check out our Substack. Sorry, we say it so much, but just want to make sure we're we're working really hard on all this stuff, and it, it's nice to just be able to tell you guys what what we got cooking. So, fakebaseball.substack.com. You can come check it out. We're gonna get some articles up there very soon. I have right now. I have my top two seventy five uh, hitters or top two seventy five overall fantasy baseball rankings are up there from my fantasy pros expert rankings. I have my top. 45 catcher rankings, my top 51st base and top 52nd base rankings all up there with notes breaking down all of my rankings. Make sure you give us a five-star rating and review on Apple and Spotify. Mm-hmm. And you can catch me on Twitter at Balake, B-U-H-H-L-O-C-K-A-Y-E. And you can follow me on Twitter at SOP. And we'll catch you guys later. See ya. Oh, oh, oh.